0: Hello friends, and welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. Our special guest today is Emily Bache. Now, this is cool for me, I'm a big fan of Emily and her work. This is actually our first time meeting each other, so I'm really excited about this. I know Emily through her work with coding codes, like the Gilded Rose, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. I do it a lot, actually. Uh, And through her books, like The Coding Dojo Handbook and Mocks, Fakes, and Stubs, I recommend these books very highly. I know Emily has a a, a newer book out as well, and I hope to learn more about that while she's with us. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. Hey, Emily. How are you? Thanks so much for joining us.
1: It's really nice to be invited. Thank you.
0: (laughs) My pleasure. What else could you add on to that intro?
1: Oh, I think you got most of it. I mean, you mentioned my new book.
0: Yeah, okay, really, this new book, what's, what's the title?
1: It's called Technical Agile Coaching with the Saman
0: Method. Okay.
1: And that's kind of what I've been doing for the past few years now, uh, coaching using this method. And I've been writing this book over the past year or so and uh, mm-hmm. really pleased that I actually got it finished and published in, in January.
0: All right, congratulations. And uh, what is this method called again? And what what is it?
1: So I I decided the style of coaching that I'm I'm doing needed a name to make it possible to discuss and search for on the Internet and things. So I chose this word Saman, which is um, a Swedish word uh, because I live in Sweden. And uh, Saman is a word that basically means together. And uh, I chose this name for it because a lot of the the coaching work that I do involves ensemble working, whole team programming, mob programming. It's also known as ensemble working is the way I like to describe it. And ensemble, of course, is a French word that means together. Okay. So it kind of made sense to me at least.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. So this is a podcast about teams. And I like to ask people about the best team they've ever been on in their life. So how about you? Best team of your life. And this goes beyond work teams. Like I ask people this question sometimes that they, they, they think we're, this is work. We're only talking about work here, but this is really like any group of two or more people before, before we started recording, we were talking about husband and family. This is any group of two or more people aligned with some shared goals. So what's your best one of those?
1: Right. So I was interpreting it as you you are you gave me this beforehand that I should prepare to talk about a team. And I was thinking work teams, of course. And now I've realized actually I could I sing in a choir. It's a very good choir. Um, but we haven't met for like a year, practically, um, and sung together. So um, but it's it's amazing singing in a choir of people that is really singing well together. And I've been singing with this choir for 15 years, I think. Wow. But um, actually, I kind of prepared to talk about it's a different team, really.
0: Um, <laughs> well, we can talk about any team you want, but I actually want to know more about this choir. Uh, so, what 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 is the music? Uh, have you been doing anything in the last twelve or thirteen months? Not seeing each other face to face? Tell me tell me more about the choir.
1: Well, it's a it's a church choir. Uh, we're attached to Hager Schirkan in Gothenburg, which is one of the larger churches. Um, in the Church of Sweden. And the it's a chamber choir, we're about 30 people, roughly. We sing quite a lot of Baroque music, quite a lot of Bach and other Baroque um, composers. But we also sing a lot of modern classical music, because one of our choir members is a composer. And he composes very modern pieces with a lot of clusters and um unusual harmonies uh which is really fun as well and then we just skip all the rest of the you know all the rest of the music tradition in between <laughs> and and like contemporary we, we don't basically do any of that stuff so
0: <laughs> okay so that's really cool and, and, and this, the size of this group is interesting it's 30 people um, what is it like when we talk you're talking about ensemble work Uh, When I think about work teams, I'm thinking like approximately five people. This is way more than that. What's it like to work with a a group this size, 30 people?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, we sing in sections. I mean, each section is about eight people, uh, four parts, um, or we often sing in eight parts. Um, In fact, more of the time we're singing in eight parts, actually. And uh, so then you get to know the other people singing your part very well. So there's that. But we also also we most of the time we stand mixed so that you, the people either side of you are not singing the same part as you. We get much we find we get much better intonation when we're listening more carefully to the other parts. Um, and when you're singing clusters, which is a cluster is where you have. Um, Basically, if you think of a scale, it's got eight notes, um, like C major, C eight notes. A cluster is basically when you kind of take from those eight notes, you take like six or, or even seven or even all eight and in different octaves and sing them at once. So it's like a chord with a huge number of notes in it. Um, and it's you have to be completely accurate with your intonation. It's all unaccompanied, basically, what we do. Well, at rock music, often we have musicians, but all the modern stuff is basically unaccompanied. And the, the intonation that you have to use is the natural intonation um, where you're singing pure fifths and pure thirds, right. not, not the tempered notes that you get on a piano. I was the... going
0: to ask about this because I'm a pianist, and when I sing, I'm singing to my piano or to my guitar. What's it like to sing to each other
1: (laughs) you just really have to be listening so hard to really hear when that because you know the physics of it when you get a perfect fifth the wavelengths just completely align and and the fifths on a piano actually aren't perfect um so so you have to learn to hear the difference between a perfect fifth and and a piano fifth and sing the perfect one Um, and and that and then often this modern music you're changing key um so you've got this cluster with a bunch of notes and then suddenly the the chord changes and the role of you're singing maybe singing the same note as in the previous chord but it's wrong when the chord has changed it's it's maybe it's become the third and then suddenly you have to pitch it again
0: it's the same note but it's different
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> C- can we keep talking about this group i, I, I love this <laughs> okay okay <laughs> all right um Okay, this is a group that that you, you're active with. Um, oh, have have you been doing anything together uh, without meeting face to face?
1: So, um, so last March we were just in the middle of rehearsing for the first performance of a new piece the conductor had um, the one of the choir members had composed and we just stopped. And then after the summer, when we thought that the COVID rates were coming down a bit and things were looking all right, we we tried again. We tried to start meeting and. You know half the choir at a time socially distanced and then somebody in the other half of the choir got covid and we all lost our nerve a bit and it stopped again (laughs) so we haven't met or done anything
0: basically um this group when you think about this group if you could uh we've been talking about the experience some of the technical details of the group these clusters and, and and perfect harmonies uh, versus tempered harmonies which is actually really fascinating to me I, I, I we could, you and i pro- probably talk about the physics of this like all day but when you're together with that group uh when you're singing together when you're making music together what does it feel like to you and uh could you could you summarize the way it feels with one word what would that one word be
1: yeah so when we're mid-performance singing something it's it's intense concentration that's that's really strong thing just the complete um, completely absorption in in this sound and this concentrating on what i'm supposed to be doing in my part
0: okay intense concentration and absorption and and what's that like
1: Oh, and that's also the breathing part. So there's a whole, there's a, so you're completely focused in your mind and, and the concentrating and listening. But then there's also the breathing. There's an enormous amount of muscle control, um, getting that sound out. Uh, the, amount, the amount of air that you have to um, control to make sure that you, you're you getting the, the, all the muscles are in place so that the air is coming out with the right pressure and the right, intensity there's so it's in i mean i used to sing soprano up until a couple of years ago and um, my voice is getting lower with my age so when i've I've switched to alto but particularly when i was singing soprano you there is so much muscle um just the physical act of getting those notes out (laughs) um at at the right uh, volume and pitch it's uh that was a huge challenge so as well as all this intense mental concentration, you know there's, your, your body is doing stuff you have to be in control of.
0: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, how, do you, how do you know this is such a great team, this group? Uh, so subjectively, what does it feel like? What what else goes into how it feels? Or objectively, how do you know this is a great team? What, what could somebody else observe? That's what I think of when I say objective.
1: Right. So subjectively, of course, being part of this you you can feel the harmony and you can you can hear the people around you and you you can hear when it when it's clicked, and the conductor as well. Our conductor gives us great um, visual feedback, and and you know that when you're completely aligned with what she is she's uh, directing us and we are um, following her every move. That's a great feeling. But actually, our conductor a lot of the time she she encourages us to take initiative, and sometimes she will actually kind of start us off and then just go and sit down and then we have to rely on listening to one another and and bouncing off cues in the rest of the choir to keep together and that's really challenging because often we just slow down and slow down slow down (laughs) just wait um but it's a great exercise in in having to pay attention to one another and not just um the conductor So subjectively, it feels really good when we actually achieve that and don't slow down too much and and get to the end at the same time. And you know. Um, So that's 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 really fun. But then there's the objective um know that how we know it's it's a great team, great choir. So of course, um we do concerts and lots of people come. Um we also do Uh, you know concerts and services in the church people local people come Uh, we fill the church uh, regularly and then we we sang in the in various choir competitions as well so we sang in the the European choir competition most recently I think yeah that was 2019 I think yeah so summer 2019 we we competed and that competition was actually in Gothenburg uh, even though it was like a European uh, competition and, and they have various categories and we competed in two categories. Um and we did very well. <laughs> I think you can say, I think we were the highest placed Swedish choir at least. Of oh, course. Cool. In, in our category of church music. And we've competed in the World Choir Games as well in Riga a few years ago. And um they they award you points. Uh panel of judges um give you points and they give you feedback, and uh, we won um a gold a gold medal although that just means that we got a certain number of points all
0: right.
1: yeah and we came away from a competition in limerick in ireland with the best conductor award i remember our conductor <laughs> uh, so you know we, we've we compete quite a lot as well
0: all right this is cool so there's definitely some objective metrics mat- here and no, it's metrics things we could observe about the team you fill you fill churches you, you win yeah. awards this is this is great um, what are what are some of the concrete behaviors that go into this group being so good?
1: So one of the concrete behaviors is that everyone turns up, or at least almost everyone turns up for the practices. <laughs> you know, it's noticed if there's somebody missing, and and there are certain people who are have very high powered jobs in in the choir, and sometimes they're often on, on business or whatever, and um. That's that's difficult when they even you know missing one or even two rehearsals that we noticed that. So uh, that's one of the behaviors, just consistently turning up is definitely a success factor for us. Putting a little bit of time in between rehearsals, although not everyone is so consistent about that. What else are the success behaviors? We have a great conductor who um, is a fantastic musician and is so patient with us. She doesn't shout at us. she doesn't she's very careful to make sure nobody feels um, pointed out as it were. So uh, when she's giving us advice, it's it's always like there's something going on in that section or in that part of the room. She's not pointing out an individual. Um, you know, or she'll just take it again and again and, and until we get what it is she's trying to say. <laughs> that we're not doing yet um so it's always so that that thing in software about psychological safety in a team um that comes really from from the top from from the leadership in this choir
0: okay okay I i was curious about this i was thinking about the conductor is there an analog to a conductor in in work groups
1: well, I guess it's the manager, but the manager doesn't direct at the level of detail that the conductor directs the choir, um, and they shouldn't. But she's uh, she's listening to us all the time. She's giving. She is so sharp. She can hear. She can hear like one person doing the wrong thing, um, in in a choir of thirty people, and you know, it's uh, that's an amazing skill. And the way she handles it, as I say, not to make that one person feel like they're a failure. But you need to, yes, applying this to, to work groups. It's, yeah, it's about feeling safe and the feeling that also somebody somebody does notice what you're doing, actually. I think that's, isn't that a success factor in, in other teams? That uh, somebody is actually noticing what you're doing uh, in a good way in order to support you.
0: I love the sound of that. Nobody, nobody's said that to me before. Uh, that somebody is somebody's noticing what you're doing in a good way.
1: Yeah, she's really good at that.
0: It's fascinating oh, really? because I've 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 played music. I actually just picked up playing music again. or I picked up playing piano again during these last twelve or thirteen months. Uh, and the joke is, I literally picked up piano. Uh, somebody left a digital piano out in their trash, and I picked it up and carried it home. <laughs> and I've gotten quite good again after not really playing piano for like 30 years uh i used to play with other people a lot like but it was like pop music rock music without a conductor so it's 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 really fascinating to me to hear about what it's like to play with a conductor it's i I totally know this experience of playing conductor less and going slower and slower and slower
1: yes Yes, I mean, she does it to make us listen to one another because that's an important skill for a musician, of course, to to, to bounce off the, the energy in the rest of the room and, and what's going on. And we don't mm-hmm. improvise um, or make stuff up as we go along as you do in a, you know, more contemporary music. But um, I say contemporary music. This is contemporary music. <laughs> it's it is. A different <laughs> sort. Yeah. It's, it's, we're singing what's on the page um, yeah. rather than making it up. But still, we have to be able to respond to what the other musicians are doing
0: yeah and another uh, another one of my guests who's a who's a ceo but also a musician he was talking about uh, uh the thing you mentioned about um not just turning up uh, in in my american english i would say showing up uh mm-hmm. but putting in the time to learn your part right and he was he was telling me that uh it's really obvious when somebody hasn't learned their part <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do that. I mean, not everyone is, is, um, I know for myself that there are some weeks where I haven't looked at my part in between the sessions, (laughs) but, uh, I do, it it does show. Yeah, you're right.
0: I'm really familiar with this. I I was actually in a a, a sort of big band jazz ensemble when I was in high school. Actually, we had a conductor now that I recall. Um, and I was the best at not learning my part. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I could just improvise my way through it, but actually I wasn't good enough.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, there is a skill to being able to read read the notes off the page and sing them directly, uh, sight reading. And I, I'm fairly good at that, which means I can bluff my way a little bit more <coughs> than is actually healthy. I should be spending more time learning my part.
0: How about advice for listeners, for whatever kind of team they're interested in, how could they take some of the success of this group this team and apply it to theirs
1: well one of the things is that it's it's been together for so long i mean i've been in it for 15 years and i'm not the longest standing member although there there are new people coming in but the the rate of change of people is slow enough that the culture is preserved um and the the standard is is very good and i think that's be, partly because of the continuity. So I think that's a success factor. Trying to get and people stay, of course, where they are happy. So that I mean, I'm in this choir because I'm still enjoying it, and we're still singing new music, and and it's still really fun and new, even though I've been doing it for so long. So, so it's that balance between continuity and, and but still trying new things, new challenges, new pieces of music that have never been sung. And uh, there's no recording you can listen to. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's really fun. So, so trying to find it, make it challenging and, and keep people interested for the long term. Um, that's been part of the success, definitely. And of course, there's also the social side of the choir. We go away, when we go to competition, it's uh, we, we all travel somewhere and we we have dinner and we go out and we have fun. So there's that's actually liking the people you're with as well. But there's still not a group that I see in any other context. We're not best buddies as it were. So I, I think that's a prerequisite, but I think it's good that when you're together, you can enjoy each other's company. I feel I should say something more about um, software development. Uh, Because there are, I mean, I like, um, as a musician, I I like all the analogies that with uh, the ensemble working term that I'm using is trying to reference ensembles of musicians. And the the same kind of feeling of joining a group of people who are creating something together, um, that are bouncing ideas off one another, uh, that are supporting one another and, and at the right time and staying quiet when it's not the right time that that whole dynamic of being in a mu- musician ensemble comes up again when you're in a programming ensemble i think that's one of the things i'm after by calling it that and then and then there's this whole thing with code carters you said at the start i'm quite known for my code carters cuz uh, <laughs> I, I i maintain the gilded rose carter which yeah, is very i've, I've
0: known you for at least a decade through the code carters
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's not the only one I've got on my GitHub page, but it's the one it has got like a thousand times more attention and stars and all that. Um, and that's, it's a really fun exercise of, of, uh, test of skill. Um, and in music you have that too. You have, you know, a piece of music that you, that's, that's there as a test of skill that is also fun to, to sing or play. And, uh, that you, you can use to help you to get to the next level. Um, if, if, you've, if you've got the, the piece that you're trying to sing that's pitched at just the right level to be just a little bit harder than what you've done before, and but still possible, then you can, by practicing that, you can improve your, your level of singing. And we call that, a, um, you can call that a study or you could just call it a piece of music. Um, and that's like the similar idea with the code cutter that you, you can, if you pick, find one that's at the right kind of difficulty level, you can use it to improve your programming skills. So it's kind of a, a related concept to the idea of a code cutter. It's just it's I, I love that. I
0: hadn't thought of cutters like that. Uh, and, and it, you know, this, this thing about music, and, and I've been I've been studying piano lately. Uh, yeah, I've been going through the, the the traditional finger exercises from the eighteen hundreds. Each one is a little bit harder than the previous one. They're they're katas, basically. We don't they didn't call them katas, but back then, um, they're, they're finger katas.
1: Yeah, I, they call them studies sometimes. Oh or? yeah,
0: this word studies. Uh, yeah. That would be like one one of the next things I'm going to move on to uh, that I did when I was a teenager. I'm going to go back to the uh, the in, in my American accent. I don't I don't know how to pronounce this stuff. The the Chopin etudes. Yeah, etudes
1: yeah, right. yeah, the word Etude. for study right. Yeah, it's the French. I think for study. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, because because there are some things that I want to learn, and they're just a little bit above where I am right now, but not so far that I couldn't do it.
1: Right, and that's that's the essence of deliberate practice, uh, deliberately choosing the next exercise. So, so you can do that with software development too. And I, I mean, I go back to all of these code carters. I, I've got a, a large repertoire of them that I like to use, and what I'm doing at the moment actually is just learning new programming languages. I'm coaching, coaching a team that's using C yeah. and I've never really done C honestly. I've <laughs> done C++ a bit and I've, you know, Java and Python and stuff, but C is another beast. So I'm kind of doing code carters in C at the moment.
0: Same. Is- <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, cause I was asking you for help in, with TypeScript, uh, like, Actually, when I want to learn a new language, programming language, I I pick up the Gilded Rose kata and I do it in that language, and you know, because there's already some code there that that works. And then I learn how to do testing in that language and that that platform. And then I learn more about the style of that language and platform because the IDE tells me that this is bad style, and I, and I make it better. And I you know can pick up the enough about a new language to be able to do it with other people at, at, in an ensemble an ensemble kind of way.
1: That sounds great. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly the right kind of way to use a code kata. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's super fun because, you know, I, I know the kata, but I don't know the language. It would be like, yes. I don't know, it would be like learning a, the same piece of music on a new instrument, which I, which I do sometimes. And, I, and then I know it better. That's a good analogy,
1: actually learning it on a different instrument. Yeah.
0: Learning the same song on guitar, on piano, with voice, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I play several instruments as well, but not very actively anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I can see that.
0: So, what, what, what else is there? Anything else you want to add? Any any other projects you're working on that you want to share? Uh, any more about this book and the the Simon Method?
1: Well, I was I was going to talk a bit more about coaching as a. Because technical agile coaching is what I do. Coaching teams, helping them to to apply agile practices, test driven development, refactoring uh, legacy techniques for rescuing that situation. Um, And as well as coaching teams directly, the other thing I've started doing recently is coaching other coaches. Um, So I've got a couple of colleagues who are, um, they're very good software developers. And they've done some coaching and teaching. And and now I'm, I'm kind of supporting them as they do more of coaching in the Saman method, really. Uh, so I'm thinking that there, there sh- should be more coaches. That was one of my motivations for writing the book, that there is there is a lack of great technical coaching out there, as I, as far as I can tell. And uh, that could be because people don't know how to do it, or that it is is even a thing. Um, so I just wanted to mention that if you are a skilled software developer and you already know a lot of these uh, skills and you do code carters and, and you're looking, well, what's, what's the next step, then maybe, maybe becoming a coach could be your next step. So I just wanted to mention that, that if you're that kind of person, um, please uh, pick up my book or go to my website. I've got this um, website to support the book, which is called samancoaching.org. And there I've got a, um, a bunch of materials that you can use for yourself uh, in your coaching work. Um, copy them. They're all Creative Commons, so you just have to credit me if you use them. And I'm hoping that they'll this will encourage more people to do coaching and to do it well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea.
0: Awesome. I love this idea. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm so curious now about the book. I'm going to get the book and, and, and read through it. <laughs> um, so you've got the website. This website, again, was...
1: Yeah, so samancoaching.org. Okay. You can maybe put it in the show notes. We absolutely
0: will. Yeah. Uh, and how else could listeners contact you if they want to get in touch?
1: So I'm on Twitter quite a lot. Uh, just my name, at Emily Bache, on Twitter. Uh, and I've also started a new Twitter account called Coaching Saman, which is more focused on the you know, encouraging other coaches uh, aspect. So uh, that's a good place to get in touch with me. Send me a tweet, um, or I'm on GitHub as well.
0: It's github.com slash right? Yes. All right, see, I, I, I'm, I'm there a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i to hear <dare> it.
0: <laughs> so Emily, thank you again. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's really been a pleasure uh, having you here, being able to chat, getting to know you a little bit. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been great it my pleasure. And listeners and viewers, remember to support this podcast, visit my website, Kasparowski.com.